Blog Talk Radio. First lady point of view. First lady point of view. You tuned in. First lady point of view. First lady point of view. Culture, music, news, reviews. You tuned in. First lady point of view. You tuned in. First lady point of view. First lady point of view. Tapped in, yeah, we always on time. First lady Felicia K on the line. Wanna know what's poppin'? Tap in for the scoop. On all the hot topics. The latest fashion, new music reviews. The hottest artists in exclusive interviews. You came to the right spot. First lady on deck, keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. First lady point of view. 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 Culture, music, news, reviews. You tuned in. First lady point of view. You tuned in. First lady point of view. It's the first lady point of view. Ah, uh, yes. I want to thank all for tuning in to the first lady point of view. And I the first lady, Felicia K. I am real excited about today's special guest. I'm actually honored about this Actually, I, I've been trying to, you know how I get down. I don't really, um, I'm, I'm off the cuff with my interviews. I don't do a lot of, I know the people. I do my backstory on the people that I interview often. And, and I think I know pretty much everything I need to know about this person in our dialogue, but I'm, I also um, respect this person a lot. So it's a little bit different because we do the same line of work, right? <laughs> so when you do the same line of work with somebody, it kind of makes you feel, I know you feel like you got to come with your A game versus interviewing an artist or entrepreneur, you know, small business or whatnot, or actress or whatever. And I've been doing this so long, so I don't know why I'm a little bit, um, I don't know. It is what it is. We're going to do the thing, though. <laughs> so without further ado, I want to introduce you all to my very special guest for the day. His name is Harrison Anderson. He actually the creator and operator of Father, uh, Fathers of America. And that is a podcast and a it's TV um, uh, informative talk show as well. I, I don't want to talk show. It's more like news, news-related podcast. You can check that out on YouTube. But I'm going to have to tell you about how you can get down with all of that a little bit later on and that throughout the podcast. So without further ado, here he is. How are you this evening, Harrison? How you doing, Felicia? I'm pretty good. Thank you for being on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All good. All good. So, <laughs> I don't know if I should be asking the questions. You should be asking the questions. We're going to get right into it. <laughs> this is like, this is, you are my first, the first person that I've ever, ever interviewed that do what I do. I've been doing this now for 10, almost 11 years. So, I'm real honored, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, how you gonna do this? You you this could be a show in and of itself, right? Because <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> you know I, I watch a lot of the stuff you talk about, and we agree on so many things. It's it's a trip. Like just checking out your podcast, I'm thinking, wow, this is crazy how we think alike on so many topics. So um, first and foremost, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about this platform that I'm that I'm talking about. 
um, tell them exactly what it is and, and how they can get involved with it. Okay. So, again, thank you for having me on the show, sister. Like you said, I've been following what you've been doing um, for a long time, and I think I reached out to you some time back, but you know what I mean? I know how it is, just ripping and running and trying to get all this stuff done and being a creator so I completely understand um, your headspace. But, yeah, my name is Harrison. I'm from Sacramento, California. Um, I started a platform called Melanated Fathers of America about three and a half years ago. Now, the, the main reason starting the platform is I am a father of five. I have four children before the age of 22 years old. So I had a really difficult time trying to be a father while still learning how to be a man. You know what I mean? Mm. So being, being a young black man in this society, um, I would have to say that I followed a lot of the stereotypes, just the way that I treated women, the way that I viewed the women that, that I were, uh, that I was involved with. So after years of going through child support and just figuring out the best way to be there for my children, once I got a little bit older, I started reading books, started learning about history, and I was like, I need to do something that's going to benefit my community. Just coming up in the urban community, watching all the degradation, watching um, all the unfortunate things that we have to go through in our community, I was like, I need to do something. And I wanted to make sure that I was as authentic as possible. So Mm -hmm. that's the reason I approached my platform from a fathering perspective, because being a 40-year-old man, I mean, I had my first kids when I was 17. There isn't any job that I've had longer than the job of being a father. So I decided Mm. to start a site. I decided to decide to to start a website, and basically I asked myself, as a 22-, 23-year-old father, what type of information could I have used to not only empower me but also make me, be, you know, get closer to who I am as a person? I think knowledge itself is extremely important, so I created a website with that in mind. So on the website, we talk about news stories. On the website, I post articles about parenting. I have, like, a book of the month on the website. And also, I do my podcast, the Melanated Combo Podcast, like you were saying, similar to what you do, where, you know, I just talk about different news stories going on in our community, but I always try to have a topic that's more rooted in parenting or just more rooted into the, like, the intimate details of what we need to do to kind of get our stuff together. So, yeah, that's that, that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, I want to lose you because you are doing a good job, and it is very informative and it's refreshing as well to be a black man take accountability and then flip the whole narrative as to, like you said, I, you wasn't at one time making the best choices, but you realized that and you turned it around and you and you found a platform to where you can um, reach other young fathers that might be still kind of in that same mind space. So it's definitely um admirable and I, I definitely appreciate you for that. Um and now as far as would you say that it t- it was a long time coming you where you just were in a space where you know what, I'm just not ready to do it now. Well I think it was um it was a long drawn out process because, you know, in my early twenties I began reading books, just anything that I can get my hands on, because being a young dude, I had a like a 
horrible stuttering problem. So reading is kind of help is would help me with my vocabulary, but it also helped me kind of come out of my shell, so to speak. So it was just a long time coming, and I was just bumping my head and constantly making mistakes while I was, you know, trying to be there for my children and be the best man for them. I was still doing things the wrong way. So I would say probably like I'm 40 now, I would say my mid-30s, I just begin to feel like it's something that I have to do to help my community. And like I said, I wanted to be authentic, and fatherhood was the thing that I felt like I can talk about, and all my topics can kind of come from that space so I can be as authentic as possible and help as many people as possible. Okay. Do you um, feel that it is doing what you wanted to do as of right now, three years later, are you, do you feel like, well, I, I know it's always room, like we, we going to always be in a space where I could do better. I could do more, but do you feel what I mean by doing what it's supposed to do? Do you actually see touching some young men? Do you feel that? Definitely, definitely. This has been being a man that came from corporate America, like I was never a business owner or anything like that. I just worked a regular job like most people. I would say um, putting my thoughts and ideals out into the world um, and the response that I get has been the most fulfilling thing that I've experienced in my life, right? Because Mm, I get that. I get in front of a camera and I talk pretty much every day, but in my mind, I'm just talking to my people. Then I just go live my life, but I'm in a, but I could be in a right. store or I can see somebody that I grew up with. And at this point, there isn't anybody that I see that I grew up with that doesn't associate me with my show or they'll tell me, man, I listened to the show last week and that was some real stuff. Mm-hmm. He was talking mm-hmm. or I read one of these articles. I read it to my girl and I got to tell you, Felicia, it's, it's no other feeling. Like, I haven't experienced it's, it's, yeah. anything like what I'm feeling now. And, you know, I'm fairly new at this still. So I just always tell myself I just have to keep going, um, keep being as honest as I possibly can, you know what I mean, and just be as authentic as possible. But our people, you know, from my perspective, we need a lot of help in a lot of areas, and as many people – that can step out on a limb and speak truth to power, that's just going to be, you know, better for all of us. So, yes, the the um, response that I've gotten from, you know, my, my show, and then every year, well, we didn't do it this year because of COVID, but every year I do a Father's Day softball game. Um, we feed yeah, people. Yeah, you do. I, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yep, we feed people during Thanksgiving. Earlier this year when the pandemic first hit, we were able to give out 1,200 lunches. And I, you know, all the events that I've been throwing, I've been just paying for out of my pocket. With that event, I asked for donations, Felicia, and the community came through for me. I didn't have to spend one dollar. I got so many donations that I was able to feed over 1,200 people. So just the power of unity and the power of, like, a positive mind frame, because I understand a lot of the information that's on social media. Some of it's toxic. Some of it's negative. Some of it don't make no damn sense. And you have to figure <laughs> out a way to balance <laughs> And you, you have you to figure do. out a way to You know what I mean? You, so and you got to know how to, um, you got to know the real, you got to just, like you said, you got to be able to figure it out. You got to 
see through it. Um, I, I, one thing I've learned with social media is it well too. I'll tell you, one of those things is you cannot um, assume just because people not liking it, they not paying attention, and they not tapping mm. in. I learned that Got over it. the years. Um, that right there, because when you just spoke of what maybe we're going to talk about that a little bit is because when you spoke of how you could be just out minding your business, doing your daily routine, and people uh, see you and say, hey, I, man, I love what you're doing. And, and it, it blows you. It, it, it really just blows your mind because it, it, that happens. Because you, you think, whoa, I didn't know you paid attention. I didn't know you was, you know. And, and it's people that I least expect. They interact with me. And if I run into them somewhere, they tell me everything I did over the last five years. Like, so gratifying. Like, you know, you think, wow, that's so. You never know you reach. And then another thing you said, um, with like so much on social media, you got to know how to weed it out. And I, I learned too that you can't, sometimes it's not always what it looks like. You know, you can look and not just people more or less focus on, oh, someone's acting like they got it like this when they really don't. That's, that's part of the toxic part. I don't care who got it right. Um, but it's also people that you might overlook or misunderstand. You might look at something and think, of it one way, and then because, like, another thing that I get a lot when I meet people in person, they say, Man, you mad chill in person, you actually low key kind of shy. I'm like, Huh? <laughs> Did you think I was anything other than that? But you know, all of that, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. but you're doing a great job with it, you're doing a great job with to stand on the forefront and being authentic, what you're putting out into the air. Um, what, what area from Sacramento are you from? I'm from South Side of Sacramento. I went to Burbank High School. I'm from the Florin Road area. Uh, Cooney, oh, okay. Cooney Avenue is up. Yep. Okay, I'm I'm familiar with it. You know, I'm from South Side. I'm from that view. I went to Cooney, so I'm I'm very familiar with it. Um, I just asked that because um, it, I noticed that a lot of, a lot of um works that you do now is is it in the North area? Or am I thinking about that? Huh? I'm not sure, but I don't know why I'm under the assumption that a lot of the community things that you've done thus far, they're basically um, based in. Your phone was, uh, your your microphone was breaking up a little bit. You said the the things that I do be in the north area? No, I actually were the, like, events that, well, the events that you held thus far, are were those events in the north area? Oh, no, they've been in the south area. It's been my goal to try to make everything I do, um, eventually I'll spread out, but I want to make sure primarily the things that I do be kind of in the neighborhood that I'm from. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's understandable. I definitely respect that. I don't know why I was going to do something that, um, that you were a part of some a couple of movements that I've seen in the North area um, here recently. So, um so when you give the when you gave the baseball the that's Father's Day right that you normally do the baseball. Yep. Right over there by by um Floor Mall right off of Floor Mall Drive. Okay. Well, when they let it open outside back up officially to us and you get that back cracking, I'm gonna have to pop in on that. Um, so far as um it, it in the sense of art. Children with adults now, correct? Say that again. I said your children are adults. Correct? So you have yep, that, I, have um, two, 
I have two 23-year-olds. I have a son that's 19, 17, and my youngest son is 13. Okay, okay. So you have having in the surveys. That's what that. Um, as far as the conversations, you kind of do you are you guys really close or older children? Let me see. How can I put it? My older children, um, because of um, different decisions that I made when they were younger. You know, keeping in mind that. I was never like a deadbeat father or didn't see him or didn't pay or anything like that. But we have um, some things that my older kids kind of disagree with as far as how I conducted myself and things that I've done, right? So we have a good relationship, but there are times where um, they want to tell me how they feel, you know what I mean, which which I completely understand that. So the the our relationship is up and down just to be honest with you sometimes it's completely cool sometimes they kind of feel in themselves and we go at it a little bit but really for me and that's a great question really for me i'm adjusting to being a parent of adults because i'm used mm. to being the where i tell you what to do i tell you when to do it i tell you how to do it conversations over now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more of a guidance counselor almost, you know what I mean, where I'm giving bits and pieces of information here and there, but I also have to trust in the process, and I have to trust that when they were kids, I did give them a lot of information about things, so I have to trust that they remember some of those things, but then I have to be realistic about certain areas I dropped the ball. So it's, right. I, I really have to use perspective when I'm dealing with my children because it wasn't easy for them growing up. Even though I was there, even oh. though I paid my child support and all this kind of stuff, it wasn't easy for them. So at times we have to revisit some of these uneasy moments just to get clarity. Yeah, yeah. You have to back back, regroup, and, and re-strategize, really. Sometimes it takes a revision. You have to kind of move back and Okay, let me approach this. Mm-hmm. Thank you for um, being candid with that. I, I appreciate you doing that. Um, and it'll work itself out. The, the real thing is you just got to be consistent and, and be willing to accept on this, and we'll try it this way. You know, um, yeah, so uh, it'll, it'll work itself out. Now, as far as yes, your ultimate goal, with the platform, the Melanated Platform, the ultimate goal that is what you, you, we touched on your here and now. Um, let, let me backtrack that. We touched on your now. What, what is your short-term goal? What are you, where are you at? With, like, what do you see? What do you want for it? And I'm not going to say what do you see. What do you want for it within the next? That's a great question. So as far as – so it's two sides to what I do. As far as the website and the podcast goes, I want to continue to grow the website. I think here shortly I'm going to need to get people to work with me, not work for me, but work with me on the website just to make sure I can continue to produce, like, quality content. I want to continue to increase the viewership of my show by by increasing, like, the technology that I use and – 
just make overall improvements to make it more interactive for people. And as far as the community organizing goes, I want to continue to do that. Once this COVID thing is over, I'm really going to hit the pavement hard running because there yeah, are yeah. programs that I want to start for young fathers. Um, you know what I mean? So it's just a whole lot of stuff that I want to do. I just try to write it down, keep moving forward, and prioritize things. But I want to make everything much bigger just so I can have the biggest impact possible to my community, you know? Absolutely. I respect that. You know, COVID has been a curse. It's been a bad thing, but it's also been a blessing because you, you got that time to where you can strategize and think about down the line and, and what I want to do and, and put together uh, a strategy, you know, you, you can plot and strategize. you got that time to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm waiting for it to be gone. So, because <laughs> it just shut down a whole lot on my end, too, um, as far mm-hmm. as the way we, we move, because you know, components that go with it, and it has to be around a lot of people, so the situation where we can use technology and you can kind of wiggle and do things a little bit different and like I said it's put together strategies for your future endeavors mm-hmm. as well so you know you make it do what I do um, usually when I have guests I ask um, artists questions as far as their favorite artists and things like that I'm not mm-hmm. doing that with you this is the time that I usually would be asking an artist that but what I'm going to do with you is I'm going to put out a couple of topics if you don't mind and then I'm going to get your point of view on the topics, and we pop it up. We're going we gonna to bounce around with those a little bit. You down with that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So now, the first topic I'll talk to you about is culture appropriation, um, if you will. Um, some might call it culture voters, culture appropriation. Um, you talked about this. You posted about this the other day, and this is something mm-hmm. that it, I'm big. I mean, it, it disturbs me to the or whatever, but the other day, you, you were talking about it, and I said, oh, my goodness, he got my undivided attention right now. Let's talk a little bit about that. What's your position on the, the whole culture appropriation and, and, you know, what's going on with that? Um, you know, talk a little bit about that. So that's a great topic, and my take on that is, so black people, black culture is what moves this country forward. We are the hmm. cool factor in the United States of America. No way around that, right? Hmm. So what happens is Period. we need to learn how to be more protective of this culture. Because we're African people, we have this tendency to let everybody in. It's just our nature. We don't care what you was on, who you are. You want to come in here and eat, come on in here and have a plate, right? That's like <laughs> our mentality towards everything, right? But when it comes to our culture, other people, and let's keep it real, you know, I don't want to <laughs> go in too hard, but people outside of our culture had learned a long time ago that they can kind of take our sauce and they take that sauce and they go make money with it, or they take that mm-hmm. sauce and use it to create something. That's been happening since we came to this country. So what happens is, if in music and things like that is concerned, because that's what I was talking about on my show, we have the Justin Timberlakes of the world. We have the Justin Bieber's of the world. We even have the the Vlad TVs of the world, where uh, somebody mm. <laughs> white can come into our community and start dressing like us, 
get hella tattoos, engage themselves in all the niggotry that they feel comfortable with, and once they manager mm. or the people them say, all right, you've been niggering it up long enough, come on back here and be, be white again. Now all of a sudden he cuts Honey, they be hair. white as bread when it's time to sweep that up, don't they? <laughs> oh, speak on it. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, hunty. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And now they ain't got no more black friends. They got them a little white girlfriend, and they back over Hello. to suburbia. Where, okay. But they left, they left black friends. Not a black friends in jail. They left our community in turmoil to a degree because they have the ability to act black and then go back to being white. See, we can't do that. We black today. Nope. We black. And we black tomorrow. Black until they bury our black ass. Period. You know what I mean? So what I was talking about on the show, the example I was making with Vlad TV, because that's the show that I watched and I would defend his show when he would have um, different people on the show, he's asking all these inter- these interrogating-ass questions. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, as, as a people, we need to know how to say no sometimes. If, if you're not comfortable with what somebody asking you or what kind of shit they own, you can just leave or not be involved at all. But what happens is right. black is the type of white man who he is going to be on code with his culture. So situation with um, Minister Farrakhan. Well, Minister Farrakhan made some disparaging remarks about Jewish people. And Vlad, even though he's not a practicing Jew, even though he he holds himself up as being an atheist, he was respecting his Jewish people by saying, "Look, I'm not apologizing for what I said about that man because ultimately, in my heart, I don't really rock with him like that because of how he speaks about my people." So I said, "Whoa, wait a minute." Well, so he don't really rock with him. Let's let's cut through the bullshit. He don't really rock with him because he's a smart black man that see through your mess. That's what that is. Like it ain't got nothing to do with the people. But go ahead. <laughs> no, that's true. No, that no, that's real shit right there. So I'm looking at Vlad like, okay, I see what it is. When it's time to, you will be on code with your people. So it's time for us to do the same thing. Like. Nobody black, and this is just my opinion, Nobody. we need to learn how to be with each other. Nobody black should be going on that damn show no more because he's basically That's the way saying I y'all can't, you know what I mean? Y'all can't talk about us, but I'm going to let y'all sit on my couch and talk about. And talk about each other like you killed. Talk about the niggas you killed. Talk about the niggas you want to kill. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay, so ultimately you don't got no respect for us. You you just making money off of us, and that shit got us. Stop, man. I'm, 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 I'm sick of Me and you could do a whole somebody... separate show about this topic. I already <laughs> see it. We could eat some shit up with this right here. It could get real serious. Like, cause I, oh, goodness, like you touching the nerves. You know, what I mean? you know oh, mm, I'm going to let you finish, but I just want to, let me pop in right here real quick. Um, You know, when you said we need to band together to stop that, we really do. And that's the thing with our people that disturbs me. I'm going to tell you a little something real quick. Um, Only people real, real close to me know about this, but I'm going to put this out there in the atmosphere since we're on the topic. And, it's, you know, we're being transparent. Um, There was a situation, I don't know if you know, that's how I ended up working in Los Angeles. That was where I really... I put on with this. It ended up being a blessing in disguise. I don't make no mistakes. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, that's what helped 
get me my resources with BET and XYZ and all of that. So I'm grateful for that. But um, I remember in Sacramento, we finna go to where I'm saying you are on track with we got to know when to put our foot down and be, and stick together with our people like they stick together after they've done eating off of a plate. Um, it mm-hmm. was a situation where when I first was on this whole little thing doing what I do, and, and I only brought this, this particular platform back because uh, I'm not boxing myself into just Sacramento. Like, and when I first started, that's what I was doing. Um, and then, like I said, I moved on and was doing, like, I, I kind of, ended up becoming more international by working where I work in Los Angeles. But um, I was told by our people, now check this out. Now this is what pisses me off. I was told by people, hood people, our people, um, brothers, if you will, would tell me to hood as far as because how we talking right now, me being real candid about things. um, I I don't know. She too thug. She too real. This, that, and the third. Like ghetto. She, you know, I'm like ghetto. I got a college degree. What are you talking about? I got a bachelor's in journalism. What do you mean ghetto? You know, am I from the hood? Can I relate to the hood? Yes. But that, do, am I a college graduate? Am I articulate? Have I worked corporate America all my life? Do I got a daughter that's about to be a doctor in medical school and another one that teaches at Sac State University? Yeah, check the fact, man. What are you talking about? But that's the intimidation and of our brothers got to really protect sisters because that would all come from black men. And I hate to say this, white people put me on. Now, this is, mm-hmm. um, this is where I'm going. This, this is what disturbs me about it because it takes it back to the culture vulture. I watched them salute and build up a white girl that pretended to be about this life, this very mm. section that I'm from. And I'm not talking her because, I, hey, if my people, my from from where we from, Sacramento, this is a Sacramento platform, young lady, that I'm talking about. Um, and like I said, I'm not knocking her, no hate to her, but I watched built this chick up over the last four years for what I've been doing for him for 12 years, being the most ratchetest, ghetto, insulting culture appropriator. I mean, it's insulting to watch. Like, yeah, my nigga, yeah, I really, I'm fucking with that. That shit go, my nigga. And I'm thinking, what the is going on here? But I watched these same people that told me I was too hood and I was too ghetto years ago that told me that I watched all of them post her I'm gonna be on such and such show tonight y'all tap in yeah she the real she the I'm like y'all got to be kidding me you mean the chick with the blonde hair and the blue eyes from Citrus Mike that that's we gonna call a spade a spade that's that's really on some appropriation like I said I'm not mad at her I'm never mad at the appropriators you know why they can't eat if we don't give them the plate like what you just said, so now we're going to get back on course. What you just said about we need to stand together. If we, You know, he like he got all the people on there talking about each other that's black and killing each other in this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said that to say about uh, the telling my backstory to let you know a little bit about how that is a epidemic in it itself, how we are in our own way as the people. I remember one time even I was um I was like, I want to do something where I'm pretty much established. I got the resources, right? Um, If I got the right things going on, I, at the end of the day, I'm going to work at 96.5 FM in the LA Talk Radio until I say I don't want to work there no more. My relationships is good. So when I bring something that I'm 
forefront that I created personally myself to help give back, like you said, what you intend to do. I don't understand why I got to pull teeth to get brothers and sisters behind it, but then you'll watch them go to, they'll, they'll break their neck right now if one of them, um, I'll, I, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not going in on nobody but my people right now, okay? They will break their neck if one of the white boy podcasts or that particular young lady called in right now. They you will think the Breakfast Club hits them up. They gonna run to go do that. And that's mm-hmm. on us because guess what? We not gonna see them same numbers because it, y'all not supporting it. Y'all don't get the same sister y'all could have got behind and supported it who ended up getting I don't want to sound like, you know, who ended up with better resources at the end of the day that could have benefited mm-hmm. what you got going on, which you said before, benefits us all as the people in the end. Yep. But when that is, was Felicia. presented to you, they don't want to, they don't want to mess with that because why? they want to gamble on, I'm going to just say it like my grandmother used to say, white is right. I was just going to say, Felicia, they look, a, a lot of these Negroes, think white ice is colder. It's to me, look, <laughs> this, this is what I think. Oh, I love oh, it. We don't love each other, right? We don't love ourselves. And that's cold. This white man been on our ass for so long, we know we can't hurt them, but we're going to hurt somebody black. So, yeah, a lot of these Negroes think the white ice is colder. They they got Jesus complex. Where they, the, the same white Jesus that was on their grandma's uh, uh, uh uh, kitchen table is the same. They transfer that energy to all white people that they see. That's why they're critical. That they're critical of us. But somebody white can come doing the same thing, and they gonna smile because niggas is scared of white folks. And you know what? It's sad. It's really heartbreaking. Like I said, I'm just you know, it takes growth, and like you get to a point where you realize, okay, I'm eating regardless. I'm set, so I don't look. It the same, but do I still do it? Still break my heart? Yes. Is it still insulting? Yes, because not for me. Mm-hmm. Because of collectively, collectively, I remember, um, you know, even reaching out to certain people. Like, okay, yeah, I got my own thing, but I was, um, you know, I, I was at one time. I was like, I want to do something with a co-host because it's always better when you got opposing, like when you got somebody else you can, you know, talk about um things with and y'all you know bounce yeah. off and people you know it's a good energy especially when it's um a male and a female because it's two different perspectives mm-hmm. right so um i remember being told for what you know people think y'all screwing you know and i'm like what but then you turn around and then you got a black dude with a white girl doing the same thing that i just approached mm-hmm. you i doing a couple of years ago mind-blowing mind-blowing um and like i said i blame us for that because at the yep. end of the day, you let um, Jimmy Fallon or somebody come along and tell baby girl who y'all acting like is the best, the best black woman, you know, even though she white, you know what I'm saying? I acting like she the, I'm, I'm not going to say black, I acting like she the realest sister to walk. Calling us somebody out of her grocery store tomorrow and say, hey, I got something I would like for you to do, but you got to leave that hip hop shit alone. That's what she going to say. Mm-hmm. Adios, y'all. She gonna change her whole get down. She gonna start proper and all of that, and, and just like Mr. Good did. That's just how it go. And um, I just really want us to do better, you know, with supporting and loving each other. And people say you can't get mad about um the people not supporting you. Um, and you can't. You really can't. But 
I can be disappointed and heartbroken. And I say that because I know it's always been my mission, just like yourself. Um, that's another thing we have in common is I put my people on. That's what I do. That's you ask anybody that has ever dealt with me. Um, they'll tell you that. Um, from my cousins that's successful artists that everybody know right now, like the Gatlin and different ones. Um, I played a part in, in a lot of things um behind the scenes with helping get people um to where they are and vice versa. Uh so I don't understand why our people just got that mindset of anybody that you deal with if they look like us, they out to take. That's not always the case. That's not always the case. Like I said, um, my family will tell you, if I come to the table, we rock out, I bring something to the table. And that's just what it is. So I guess we got, that's that, uh, what is it? What do they call it down south? Um, the Willie Lynch syndrome. Um, I guess yeah. that's what that yeah. is. Yeah. We, we, we don't, we look at ourselves the same way white folks look at us. You know what I mean? So I think and that's not one of the cool, biggest, my brother. One of the biggest problems that we have is we have no code of conduct. People talking about Biden, people talking about Trump, people talk about reparations. Look, I'm with all that shit, but without a code, this shit's gonna fumble. Without a, without a code of conduct, it's gonna be extremely difficult for us to put anything together. You have to look at your brother, look at your sister, the same way you look at yourself. And I'm black before I'm anything. I'm black before I'm a business owner. I'm black before I'm a Christian. I'm black before I'm a Beta Phi Beta. Whatever my affiliations are in this world, that shit comes second to my race. You know what I mean? And it sounds yeah. simple to me, but a lot of us. And simple to me like too. Mhm. Yep, yep. A lot of us just don't view life that way. So that's my mission, man. I try to find people that view life the same way, that view our people the same way and work with those people. You know what I mean? I don't want to give up on my people. I I never will. Some people you can kind of change their mind a little bit. Some people you can't. We can't take everybody with us. That's what we got to realize, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, once I touch that 40, it's something about that 40 mark that make you – wake up and realize the light bulb go off. Now, now I tell people, um, you know, we all got a testimony, you know, where we feel that we it should have been different. But now I'm in a space in my life where I tell people, you know, yeah, I mean, you just chopped it up about that a little bit, just because of the relatability of the topic. But I, um, I, now I'm at a point where my advice to people when they're in that space, especially people that are just starting out, and they, well, don't nobody support me this, that, and the third. And, you know, now my advice that I give to people, been there, done that. Don't let that consume mm-hmm. you. Focus on the people that are supporting you. And, and you never yep. take the attitude, since ain't nobody doing it for me, I'm not going to do it for nobody. Because a lot of times, they'll help that you feel should help you. That's just what it is. That was my lesson in it all. And once I embraced mm-hmm. that, um, I haven't had, I can't lie, I haven't had a downside since things fell into place for me. Uh, some years back, what, what was that? Um, in 2000 and place, and by 2014, yeah, 2013, that was the first year that Steph Hill had me. Yeah, and I, the first year I worked for BET Awards, and then I've worked it every since, every year since, and all kind of other opportunities um happened after that. And like I said, it don't always come from who you feel like. But I help them, or these people, all that I do is campaign for them, and. I grew up with them. You can look at it like that. And that's my advice to people is, you know, is don't never let how they are 
getting down with you determine how you get down with others because at the end of the day, your reward is going to still come for what you put out. You can't worry about yep. him and they thought process and the why. Because see, those people that got that mindset, well, if I support her, that might push her over the edge. Or if I do this for him, that might give him that one more view that has set him higher than mine. See, if you get caught up in that with those kind of people, you're going to going to supersede and surpass you're going to pass them up you're going to surpass those people supersede them in life anyway and if you don't believe me just kick back and watch that's one thing that i've learned is all the people that had that attitude or that i felt like man breaking my neck helping you and i can't even get you to you know commit to this or to share this or to do that support that once I took that out of it and said you know what i can't focus on that i have to focus on who is rocking with the kid and then you kick back and then you think, here we are five years later and they still in the same bubble. And I'm, it, it, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's still doing what it do on this end. That's the way you got to process it. So with yep. that being said, um, I'm, I'm with you on that, my brother. I'll never stop reaching out and trying and doing what I do for my people. Sometimes you have moments where you feel like, um, you know what, is it all worth it? But that's mm-hmm. like the 30 second thing, you know, but that comes with anything you're building from the ground up, right? <laughs> yeah. You get that. You feel that. So I'm going to put out another um, topic. Which, this one is a little bit more sensitive because it's close to home and it's about what's going on with all this um, gun violence with these young, with these young ones in Sacramento right mm-hmm. now. Um, what, what do you think is, the root of all this evil right now, do you think it's the climate with with um, just schools and stuff being locked down? Do you think it, it a, mm-hmm. a little bit of it could be lack of structure and upbringing? What, what do you think is going on right now in, in Sacramento that, because the numbers is like, I, like some days I feel like I'm in the late 80s and the early 90s. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and that was during an act of gangbanging um, time but right now mm-hmm. we got all of this stuff going on like it's every other day it's a, a homicide and it's kids it's babies mind-blowing what, what do you think is the cause of all of that and what could we be doing to try to i don't know if we could even do anything different, but what's your take on that great 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 question great question so when i look at like the state of the young men in our community I got to look at all of the causes. Like I'm a big proponent of history. So I'm well aware that some of these young men are dealing with the residue from the drug war, meaning they got fathers and uncles and men that should have been there for them that's not there because they were an 80s by the drug war. We have some men that some young men who don't have fathers and men around because of the prison industrial complex and how they charge us way more for the same crime that somebody white would do. We have some young men are dealing with the Lyndon B. Johnson uh, 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 welfare initiative that made some women feel like they didn't need a man in their house, so they went right to just getting that check and making sure the man wasn't there. So I'm never going to take off of the table the systematic disadvantages that are kind of working on autopilot, in my opinion, even to this day. Now, with that being said, I had to get that out the way first. But with that being said, I think it's about time that our community, the adults in our community, understand that even with everything I just said, 
if we try our best to create structure-based environments with men and women, like how we have kids today is some bullshit. Who we choose hmm. to have kids with, how we choose to structure our family is on some bullshit, and some of that ain't got nothing to do with nobody white, ain't got nothing to do with nobody outside of your house. So I, I would be hard-pressed to find any of these young men out there shooting come from a stable household with two parents, not two parents who make hella money, just two able-bodied people who try their best every day to live, I I doubt it that a lot of these young men come from these environments. Some of these young men was raised by their grandma. Some of these young men had parents who was on drugs, all, all mm, kind of mm. dysfunctional shit. So at the end of the day, I'm always going to point to the system because they need to be held accountable too. But more than anything, I'm looking at my people like we got to stop this shit because some of the people I see posting about all oh, 12 murders, well, we gotta we uh, we gotta stop killing each other, y'all. Well, two days later, you posted a video of your six-year-old uh, daughter dancing to wet-ass pussy, and she popping that little thing, and y'all laughing like that's cool. Two days before that, you were showing me how you just bought your son a hundred and fifty-dollar pair of Jordans, and the little nigga can't read. So hello, point that people side of our community if we want to, but we got a whole bunch of work we need to do inside of our community. We have, my family owns a funeral home here in Sacramento, and we'll have a young man who died from gun violence, and then I'll, I'll see his dad or his mother, and they talk like they 18 years old, they goddamn self. They ain't using the Ooh. proper language. Uh, they act like children. They still got a hood-ass mentality. Now, I don't have anything against the hood in our community because on some real shit, the dudes in the hood, that's our warrior class, if you want to keep it real. That's the okay. niggas we need when it's time to go to war. Some of these corporate niggas ain't going to lift a gun. You know what I mean? They ain't going to bat a goddamn fly. The younger generation, some of these young dudes, if we can channel their energy, that's our actual warrior class, you see. But we need to restructure how we view life. Like everything is short-term. Everything is survival. We need to get out of this survival mechanism and start thriving. Stop surviving and start thriving. We need to worry about, yeah. we need to start thinking about real estate. We need to start thinking about business. We need to start thinking about reading. We need to start thinking about careers. We need to look at tangible options, not selling drugs, not being a street nigga. We got to keep it real. We glorify street niggas. If you in the street with hella tattoos and your car nice, the people in your neighborhood revere you. When in actuality, this is the same young man who going to get into some drama three days from now and knock something down. So we got to be able to look at a young man in our neighborhood and say, hey, bro, come here. That shit you doing, I it know you got it. a gun. I know you out here doing your thing, but you got to stop, bro. You got to stop. So if we're not willing to call our own people to the table to be accountable, we can't really expect people outside of our community because they don't care about us, obviously. You know what I mean? So we need to start policing ourselves because I'm not with the, the how police treat us when they come into their neighborhood. I'm well aware they used to treat my brothers like they was goddamn animals. I know how they treat us. But this is a convoluted conversation that requires all these elements. Like, it's not just the system. Like, getting your young man up, making sure he is up for school, making sure he groomed, making sure his teeth is brushed, making sure he know how to hold a damn conversation, making sure he look a man in his eye when he's talking, make sure he shake a man's Hello. hand, all the things and shit we can do ourselves. You know what I mean? And make sure that he talks to women 
definitely because another thing like yeah. um I, like I noticed that the younger like just I'm just gonna put this out there just because um he's a celebrity so I I'll say him instead of going into stuff where people would be calling me why you air out those people like that <laughs> like NBA young boy he was a baby right mm-hmm. violence and all of that um you know. Kids beating on on their girlfriends—that's a learned behavior, if you ask me. Because you're too young to have yeah. the, even the mindset to even be whooping on a woman. And that goes to what you're saying about putting the right things into these young boys. Because um, I, I'm a firm believer in this. Um, if, if you don't like the way a black woman—now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it there—moves in any type of way, maybe it has to do with what black man is putting into her or make her feel. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of that. So and that that goes into what you're saying about what we're putting into these young men because all of it does go together. The lack of respect for women and boundaries because the little girl wouldn't be um dead right now if it wasn't for the fact mm-hmm. that this particular individual didn't have little Michaela Brand, I spoke about her and did a little something um in regards to respect for her and her family I think on the show. She wouldn't be dead right now if the young men have respect for not just life, like women. Do you see what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. a little girl, and I'm sure a mother was in the house and other kids, I mean, were, was around and other kids. That's, that's lack of um, upbringing, what, what is being put to a person that you would think that that's okay. You didn't, you didn't make sure you had your target, which that's not cool either. It was just in general. Okay, so now how do you feel? Little girl is dead. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's and, just, it's so many layers to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of these young men are violent, and it, it, it hurts my heart because I am such a big hip-hop fan. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to stop listening to hip-hop. I love the intricacies of it. I love the storytelling. I love the backstories. A lot of these gentlemen, a lot of these men are like supreme artists. If you were to write down their lyrics on paper, you would be blown away, right? So I understand this, but as I get older, I'm starting to see some of the messaging in the music can be confusing. Some of the messaging in the music can be sending a negative, and it hurts me to say this because I exposed my older children to hip-hop, and I gave them lessons on Jay-Z and Biggie, and I gave them all of the information, right? <laughs> but because because they were primarily raised with their mothers in environments that mirrored the music, they were influenced by this music in a way that I would say today is somewhat negative. Like, I have to be honest about that, right? So the the culture, everything that we embrace, Felicia, we need to step back and be careful what we embrace. Like, we embrace right. dysfunction to a degree. You put a beat over dysfunction, and we rocking with that. And shit. it sounds good. And we yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Man, I tell you, I'm 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 an old school hip hop fan like yourself, but I'll be the first to admit to anybody um, that I I don't even I don't when I'm at home I don't listen to hip hop. I listen to it when I work out. I listen to it for work related purposes. Now that's just where I'm at at this point in life. And the mm-hmm. radio station where I'm a DJ at, people are surprised. Like I was actually asked by people that. 
follow me and that I, I rock with like indie artists that and, and some of my mainstream artists too that I've interviewed over the years um, that were like, why you don't do um, interviews no more for hip hop? You know, I'm going to be honest. I was real reluctant about even going back into that just based on what you said, because where I DJ mm-hmm. at, I, I, my segment is sophisticated. So that speaks for itself. So you already know it ain't got nothing to do with no hip hop. <laughs> and that surprises mm-hmm. you could actually offend it. Maybe some, some of my core people in the beginning. And I'm thinking, well, y'all do know, like I'm a music lover in general. So I'm all across spectrum and then I am at a different point in my life like um where like you said you start looking at it differently um do I support certain people still absolutely um mm-hmm. I, and I do believe that but see I go back to what you were saying in the beginning when we got on this particular topic too about the the structure in the home and what you how you raising your kids because although I'm an old school hip-hop lover and a hip-hop head I raised stellar children my my kids mm-hmm. are not rah rah rowdy at all. Hmm. The professor at Sac State and the other one used to Davis medical student to be a whole MD out here. Um but they are in tune with what's going on with the world. I mean they know hip hop music. They got their certain artists that they like. But it goes back to piggyback what you said about what you put in them though. Um you can't mm-hmm. be living with, you can't be living that life that you that they hearing in the music because then they not only they, are they hearing it in the music, they seeing in the home, that's how it's going down too. And my kids did come from a two parent home. Um, so I think uh, you you right on the money with what you said because all of that plays a part <laughs> in the end. I hate to say it don't. I mean I'm I hate to say that it does in a way because a lot of people say, Well, single parents can turn out good kids too and they can. So it's real tricky. You gotta be careful with how you work that because people take offense and think that you saying. But I do feel sure. that when raising kids it is it, I have to agree with you. It it is better when when you got both. It it, it especially if you're raising male children. Um because I, I don't feel like a woman could really adequately teach a, a man how to be a man. We could teach him to respect women. We could teach him manners. We could teach him to be respectful of others, to be polite. You don't talk to women like this. You say please. You say thank you. You hold doors. You pull out chairs. Um, Don't be disrespectful. Don't go to other people's house blowing the horn. Knock on the door. You, we could teach him all of that. But can you really mm-hmm. teach a man how to be a man? Nah. Don't fool yourself, sis. Quit that mindset of... um. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to me. No Mother's Day. Celebrate being a mother. You're a mother that there has to go. step up and go a little bit harder. That's it. Ain't no happy Father's Day to you, sis. You his mother. You're her mother. Um, we we, we got to be careful with all of that because the young men that, that do grow up thinking, F that nigga, man, my pops ain't never, it's all on my mama, my mama, my mama, my, my daddy. No, she not, little bruh. That's your mama. That is not your daddy. Mm-hmm. I, I understand you and your daddy don't got the best relationship, but your mama is not your mama and your daddy, period. It's just not mm-hmm. that. Yep, and a lot of our young men think they need to take on the role as man of the house, and I'm going to be honest, I don't like that shit. You are a young person. You need to remain a young person, and, and I understand protecting your mother and wanting to be there for her, but you need to live your adolescent life. Like, your your childhood is important. You need to relish in your childhood and be there. And 
you know, it's a two-way street, though, because I know a lot of men who are there for their children and do whatever they can to be there, and I know some dudes who don't really give a fuck about their kids. You know what I mean? So yeah. we, we have to call everybody to the table. I talk a lot about racism and white supremacy and everything we go through, but I would be remiss not to talk to my people directly about what we do to each other. You know what I mean? Absolutely. See, that right there, like I said, man, you're going to have to do a whole nother show talking about that. <laughs> I promise, like, it's that we get, uh, it's so many layers to that. We're going to have to do, like, a melanated point of view or something. I don't know. Merge the yeah. two worlds because, oh, uh, where did that hard, come right? from? That was low key dope, right? <laughs> uh, look at that. <laughs> hey, 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 on the low, that was kind of hard. That was a bar. Right? Yeah, so you know, I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Sometimes, boy, I'm telling you, the best things come from out of just random like that. You, for real, you end up speaking something that ended up being great into existence. That was crazy. But because mm-hmm. that is a topic we could make a whole, seriously, not like, we could make a whole platform off of that topic alone. The male and the female perspective of that right there is holding our people accountable. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we we see so eye to eye on that. Like that right there, like I said, that's a whole nother, me and you could do like five other shows talking about that alone. (laughs) The accountability of our people. And because it's so deep, it's so many layers to it. It's, it's, It's disheartening for me personally because um, I, I wasn't raised like that, and and apparently you weren't either. I could tell in our conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, it's just deep, Harrison. <laughs> I don't even know where yep, to start with that. We we would have to really feel that back. Yep, and it's a necessary conversation. We we like talking about or like doing things that are that's based in fun and based in um, enjoying ourselves and all that's fine and dandy, but. We need to be our biggest critic as well because I'm not gonna let this white man off the hook, so I'm not gonna let your ass off the hook either. If we, if, if and I'm if not scared up, to be that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and I, if, I respect you, you for not being scared to be that. I'm not scared to be that person that I hold my people accountable. Some people, I remember when I first was like doing some media stuff um, with LWR Productions. That was something I respected about him. He then went on to work with Denzel Washington. Shout out to Lauren Reed, because for real, he opened up so many doors for me. The first person who put me on as, and I was a talk show, or um, a host for his talk show production. Um, he, he trusted me to be the face of that, and that was a great run, and that opened so many doors. So I just want to shout him out real quick for that. But um, that was one of the things that he respected about me was the fact that I was not fearful of, I know that like, but you're, you and I, what, what type of time we on about holding our people account, accountable? A lot of people are scared to touch that. Like, because it's safer to say the white man is the white man that Black Lives Matter. We mm-hmm. all do know we play a part in the demolishing of the Black Lives, too. Mm-hmm. All of that sounds good, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to get in behind and Black Lives Matter when I know behind closed doors. Of course, I'm with the movement. Don't get it twisted. But I'm saying when I know behind closed doors, after God that's posting it or that's with it or selling the want me to tag me and want me to buy your merch with the Black Lives Matter, I know you be out here cooning and buffooning and acting a fool and, man, that's that nigga. Uh, man, fuck that ass bitch. You know what I'm saying? I know that that's how you move on the low, and that's where that accountability has <laughs> got to be. Um, we got to just do better as the people, man. We got to do better with things like that, like I was talking about with um, the women. It's okay to be a strong, independent black woman, but stop 
feeling it in these boys' head, like you said. They got to be the head of the house. Mommy little king, and uh, you the man mm-hmm. of the house, and um, happy Father's Day to my mama. She my mama and my daddy. We got to quit with all of that. All of that right there, That that is a part of the reason why the black household is not flourishing the way they should. Um, don't, mm-hmm. don't never be the person that's you're not compatible with or you're unequally yoked with. Never. Not for the sake of keeping a, oh, we got to keep the black family together. Um, been there, done that. Was married for 20 plus years. You know, um, and it was a great run. But at the same time, um, you know, I just think that we got to get out the mind thinking that it's okay to make these boys be the man of the house and mm-hmm. to make the, for the women to think that they the man of the house. No, it's it, it, all of that, that's not a good look. You know, it's a way to raise these boys and a way for these boys to, to be young men, to, to understand, okay, I got to be a mature, responsible young man now. I'm at, I'm at a certain age, and my mom needs this help without drilling that into them. Don't, like mm-hmm. you said, they don't yeah. need to be thinking they the man and they the king because when a real king come along that's trying to ease the burden for the mother and, and help take on the responsibility, like, okay, in Sisters, it is some brothers still out there that's with the movement. For real. Because when you, when you quit doing that, you'll see that it is still some brothers out here that's that's really with the whole, you know what? I, I was married before. I'm divorced now. She divorced now. Our kids is grown. We can come together. And let me help you ease the burden and, and, and raise your kid that you still got at home. It, it's some of those out there, but you got to quit being blind by the whole you know because it you know if you if that's what you're attracted to that's what you're gonna reel in i i know personally i see a lot of chicks complain on my timeline every day about oh man um they complaining about well he over here with her tonight or sharing the man and this that and the third now yeah when you're younger i'm not saying it's okay um i'm just saying i don't really relate to it because i, I was married in my 20s the whole family, you know, um, so I don't really relate to it and I'm not, so, but I will say this when they, I, I guess when they're young, it kind of makes sense going through that. But when you're 40 and your fifties and on my timeline every other week, I'm seeing you, 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 you're in your bag about you're sharing a man with XYZ or this, that, and the third. And, this, and those are the, that's another thing. That's a product of that. What we seeing with these kids out here in the street. See, because if you put it on the timeline and you got kids, age, and I'm sure that they, they hit to what's going on with you, too, in the house. So to me, if you're not ashamed to put something like that on the timeline, like um, arguing with a female over a dude, you're 40, you're 50 years old, y'all going back and forth every other week. You got a different dude every other week. That play a part to how these kids is turning out, too. It is because it's not a good look. So it's, it's so many catch twenty twos to it. You know, like I said, we could go on forever about it. You got so many kids <laughs> still back to the topic about holding our people accountable. You know, and it seems like it's all over the place. But you try to get it all in, but it, it all go to that accountability, and there's so many layers to it. So many layers that can be peeled back to where accountability. Those are areas. Those are areas of topics conversations that need to be had and, and I get so much backlash from women like uh, you a woman girl you selling us out or um, if you only knew like women stay on my neck <laughs> like sis what was that that come from man girl I, I done been through all of it you know I get it but at, at the end of the day right is right and wrong is wrong 
It's not about gender. It's about right and wrong. And and, and, and we can about, all we can yeah. You know what I mean? And and we just need to basically we just need to quit normalizing dysfunction. Some of the there it is. some of us will look at chitlins in some of the southern food and say, Ugh, how could you eat that? Well, we still holding on to some of those same things as far as our mentality is concerned from that same time period. How we feel about each other, how we feel about the structure of our families, we need to get rid of some of the unhealthy traditions that we've been doing to each other for generation after generation. We need to start looking at each other differently. And then once you see yourself differently, then you can start making better decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's that accountability. Um, and yep. you, you have to, you, you got to do that. Um, you, and then one, and if you're not growing too, I always tell people, if you look at yourself, do you feel like you're evolving? Um, when people tell me, oh, girl, you changed, you're so square, this and the third, uh, you know what? That's a compliment to me. That's in me. Yeah. Because my answer to that is this. If I'm not evolving, I'm, I'm not doing it right. I'm supposed yep. to change. I'm supposed to evolve. Every every day I wake up, it's supposed to be a different layer to the way I think and how I move. That's just the reality yep. of it. And if and if I'm not seeing that, like I said, a lot of things that I can comfortably talk about because I, I, I probably either lived it or witnessed it or some mm-hmm. type of way it affected my life. I know that I've evolved from either being around those type of people thinking that type of way, living that type of way, whatever the case may be, however that particular thing applies to me, whether it was an experience, um, something that I witnessed, or whatever the case may be. So you should be evolving every day. And I don't just say, I don't just mean that as far as business, brand. I mean as a person. Um, mm-hmm. Five years ago, I, I, I'll say as little as even five years ago, the thing that would have probably got a person cussed out now I won't even say two words about. I probably won't even look at you for for saying mm. now. Um, ten years ago would have got you the real business from the kid. It I, I, it don't even <laughs> you know it don't even phase me. You know what I'm saying? Fifteen years ago what would have got shit slapped out of you. I don't lose no sleep over. Um, so you know, mm. um, I just watch the progression in myself, and you know, and I hope that other people you know continue to. Check themselves first, like you said. A lot of it comes from within, too. You know, you got to mm-hmm. check yourself first. It's easy to sit up and critique and, and and have an opinion, but it's not easy to be transparent. And and I and I tend to yeah. that's how my whole brand is what it is, the first lady point of view, because I tend to expose myself. That's what makes it, um, like you said about even what you do. You try to be as authentic and transparent as possible. Everybody got their way of doing things, and if that works for them. I'm with it. But I, me, personally, I'm with you. I feel that transparency and being your true, authentic self, um, that's going to reach the type of people that I want to reach. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm All sure that's long. the same way gonna, you look at it. Yep, and I'm not going to leave myself open to somebody to bring up something about me. Hell no. I'm going to put everything Hello. on the table, everything I'm doing, why I, why I do it. What's my motivation? Because I'm not apologizing for nothing. Like, I'm going to tell you that right now. I make sure that I'm clear with my words and I take my time and I delve into topics and I'm really, I use my words choicefully. 
I'm not that type of dude. I'm not about to apologize for nothing I say, family. So I got to keep that thing 100 and what that means to me. You know what I mean? That it, That's it, right. It may mean Meaning, something a little different to you. But I got to keep that thing 100 for my soul because that's what I'm learning. I'm, I'm speaking to people and putting my thoughts and ideals out there. People going to challenge that. Everybody's not going to like what you got to say. And yeah, I understand yeah, that. that day, be like, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you're going to be like, you know what? That was some real shit he was saying. Yeah, that's it. At the end of the day, you might not accept it, but you're going to respect it because you, you cannot you deny the real. I always tell people one thing about it. Real don't never go out of style. It, there ain't no expiration not, date. On it. That. Period. Yep. And that's just that. That's just the facts on that and that. And, you know, I've always lived my life like that. I'm unapologetic, meaning now with time I've gotten to wear, and I'm sure you kind of caught me doing that today. Um, because if the topic is real, real hot, I'll, I'll You'll catch me kind of, I'll think it out. Because if I say mm-hmm. right what I want to say, a lot of times people don't receive it the way you said it, right? So you got to mm-hmm. kind of dial back and say, wait a minute, let me dial back on that and let me revise my strategy as how I'm going to put that in the atmosphere. Although the message is still the same. How I feel about it, my yep. point of view is still the same. Sometimes in the, in the heat of the moment when it's a good conversation, like what we've been having, I do find myself kind of like, Okay, let me let me dance around with how I'm gonna put that out there first because I don't want to be one of those people that five ten years from now I'm like well, I shouldn't probably shouldn't have said that I never let anybody make me say nothing back that I said or nothing that I feel I feel like every phase of my life whether it was um, rapping whatever the case may be every story that I ever told every platform that I ever done every move that I ever made outside of the growth of the forty something year old woman that I am today and I don't regret none of it. Would I have done some things along the way different? Yeah, but am I sorry for the way? Yep. Do I regret them? Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. I would have done some of it different, but I don't regret none of it. And that's just that because in some way it all shaped me. It made me, rather, it made me for the good or the bad Um because it's a lesson in even the bad things that happen to us in life. And it's up to us. Yes, That's why they're there. That's why the bad things happen is they're there to mold us as well. You have to let those things help mold you and define you as well. Everything can't be peaches and cream. you got to go through some struggles to understand struggle and to be able mm-hmm. to relate to people that are going through things. And that's just what it is. Um, Definitely. So now I want to ask you one more question. Um, I know, boy, we've been going. <laughs> <laughs> as far as do you think that as far as the uh, right now with the the gener I, I think it's more like a, a a generation disconnect. Um do you think we can ever kinda like bridge some of the gaps that's going on with that? Because I feel like that's a part of the turmoil too. Like you said, you got you got some some of these young kids that's out here wilding, but then their parents have still got the same mindset that the child has right now like you got mm-hmm. 30 40 year old mothers and fathers talking like they're 16 17 year old 18 year old sons there was this young one young woman that recently lost her son and uh, my condolences definitely go out to her this, this she wasn't in sacramento and i was watching a news clip and in the news clip she was like saying how it wasn't like on a a, a national news based thing it was like on um one of the podcasts that I follow on YouTube, 
and the woman mm-hmm. was talking to the gentleman that was doing the interview, and she said about, yeah, you know, my son rolled hard. And it actually made major blogs because people was laughing at it. But to me, it was mm-hmm. sad, more than funny. That she was saying mm-hmm. how my son rolled hard for all these niggas, and ain't nobody riding hard for my son. Like, my son would have rolled for them. Like, niggas need to be out here retaliating. Ain't nobody came and bought me no weed, no bottle, told me nobody retaliated or nothing. And I'm thinking, what the hell just happened here? (laughs) What the hell just happened here? And then it went viral. I'm sure it did. Niggatry always goes viral. Every and time. that right Nobody there, my brother, it. we got to do better. What do you feel is the, do you feel that that could be some of that is like the generational gap? Like you got the ones of us that have matured accordingly. So look, I, it, it, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think a part of it, I, I'm kind of being funny. That took you out, huh? Yeah. I'm going to have to say if I can you know what I mean? I think a, a a small part of that is we got to realize the crack era was a motherfucker, and now yeah, crack babies yeah. got. You know what I mean? So we dealing yeah. with high levels of dysfunction. But at the end of the day, can the young men be reached? I think definitely. We just can't preach at them. We can't hit them with back in my day. Like you have to talk to them where they are. That's why when people were telling me about how can these gang members be killing each other during Black Lives Matter protests or during social unrest? And my answer to them was they in a war, they got their own war going on that's been going on for generation after generation after generation. You see what I'm saying? So to a right. degree, you have, you have to empathize with the fact that to a, some, of, some, of, some of these young men, it's not necessarily about a gang. It's about these are the dudes who gave me money. These are the dudes who took me in. And now Ooh, this dude that took speak me on in it. and gave me money and been protecting me for all these years. Somebody just shot him. So I don't give a fuck about all this gang shit. You just shot my friend. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now we're going back and The same friend that his mama was letting me sleep on his couch when my mama Come was out prostituting for crack, and my daddy was in the tent doing life and knocking down a nigga. See, we got we to talk on. about that. We can't discount their experience. Their experience is real, and it's happening right now. So we can't look down on them or talk down to them. We got to meet them right where they at because, like I said, some of these young men is our actual warrior class. If we had to suit up tomorrow and go fight whoever, these young dudes is going to be on the front line. Some of these niggas in suits don't want no parts in none of what they be doing. So everybody has a place. Everybody has a place in our ecosystem. Absolutely. Everybody has a place in our community. We just got to figure out how to, how, to, how to bring them back. Because I think once some of these young dudes get to a point where they had no parents, like you just said, his daddy in jail, he's been doing drugs a long time, he don't see no point of return, but we can't give up on them. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, ooh, you are deep. <laughs> Oh man, I, I enjoy it. I don't even know, like, oh man, it, it's been we done went. I done kept you wet. We we well we didn't we didn't go too much over. We didn't go too much over. Usually, um, we do about an hour to an hour and a half. If you go over the hour, that means it's good conversation jumping off, and we definitely did that. <laughs> um, like I said, definitely. and we could go for days. Like, it's so many topics mm-hmm. that we ain't even touched. 
Yeah, we're gonna have to do this again. Um, yeah, we're gonna do this again real soon. I owe you one, and don't don't think I I, I forgot. I do owe you one, and um, we can do this we can do this again soon. Um, we you could come back here. I could come chop it up with you on your platform. Um, however you want to yep. do it. Um. We could do both. We could do both again. Mm-hmm. We could, you know, I got, I, I could do my show seven days a week, just like you. So anytime I want to come in the studio and flip the switch and, and say we live on air, is that's what it is. We can, we can set it up mm-hmm. and do it because I'm sure that, um, you know, outside of, you know, everything else, it's some informative gems in in these conversations, um, and yeah. people yeah. can take away from it and it, and once we um do it again we'll have a, a structured dialogue and I'm sure people will mm-hmm. respect and appreciate it. Um it'll actually be something that I actually look forward to us doing again soon. Um it, it's yeah. been uh, it's been good. It's been it's been funny, it's been fun, it's been serious, it's been informative. And that's what it's all about. So I got to experience what it would be like to um <laughs> I ain't gonna even say interview Somebody that do what I do, I'll say to the broadcast, and I think that's the way it's going to be in the header. I'm going to put you um, as a co-host for the day instead of a guest because cool. that's they how I it. felt. Yeah, that's how I, like I felt that. today. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the time. I'm going to put that out there um, that my co-host for today was Harrison Anderson of the Melanated Fathers of America because I don't feel like this was an interview at all. Because <laughs> I, I, some, some points I was getting interviewed on the low. No, <laughs> um, and then I enjoyed it. it. It was great, and um, can't wait till we do it again. And um, I know the people are gonna appreciate it. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure when you sit down and dialogue with like-minded folks that appreciate it. And like I said, people, um, this was in no way to degrade anyone or to hate on anyone's race or or hustle, or culture. It was about accountability, like I always tell you all. It's about accountability, observation, perspective, and opinion. And we all have a right to all of those things. Um, So with that being said, I want to thank my co-host once again for today, Mr. Harrison Anderson. Make sure you guys check out Melanated Fathers of America. I'm going to have him tell you guys how you guys can tap in with him. And um, we, we, um, I'm a, outside of this podcast, I'm sure me and him are going to tap in and, and schedule something for you guys soon, whether it's on his platform or my platform. I'll even ask you guys what y'all want us to talk about on some of my platforms. We'll do that. Well, maybe we'll put that in the air. I don't put that out in the air. Y'all know how I am. I'm random. When something feels right, um, I run with it, and it works out. That's just what it is. Uh, <laughs> it's felt right, definitely. So, Harrison, tell everybody how they can get involved with you, um, your social platforms, how they can follow you, your website, and what you got coming up next. Go ahead and put that out there for everybody, because I know it's in the evening and you had a long day. So um, go ahead and let everybody know about those. Definitely, definitely. So, again, sister, I thank you for having me on the show. It was a great conversation. We're going to have to put something together so we can do this more often. So I want everybody to check out my YouTube page, which is Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. You can go to the website, which is MelanatedFathers.com. Like I said on the website, you can find news stories, parenting articles, um, just information about black life and black culture and how we can move forward together. I'm comfortable with 
holding my people accountable because I know everything that I do is out of love. Like some people get the coon title because they're reprimanding us without the love part. You got to include right. the love in there. So I'm going to keep moving forward, keep empowering my people. Like I said, man, check out the podcast. I release the show every Saturday at 6 p.m. at uh, Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. You can follow me on Instagram, Melanated Fathers 100 at um, on Instagram. On Facebook, it's Melanated Fathers of America. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it. Make sure you guys tap in and get involved, and we're going to keep you guys posted. We're going to link up real, real soon. Um, thank you again for being on the show, and you guys, y'all know, as always, I want to tell you guys, what am I going to tell y'all? Y'all already know. Reach back to those that are coming up behind you and pay homage to those who did it before you. It won't cost you a thing, and I promise you'll feel better about yourself when you do it. All right, until next time, you guys, be safe. Love on somebody. It's enough hate in the world. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. One love. May God bless your hustle. And we are out of here, man. Until next time, you guys be easy. Definitely. First lady point of view. 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 Culture, music, news, reviews. First lady point of view. You tuned in. First lady point of view. It's the first lady point of view. Tapped in, yeah, we always on time. First lady Felicia K on the line. Wanna know what's poppin'? Tap in for the scoop. For the scoop. On all the hot topics. The latest fashion, new music reviews. The hottest artists in exclusive interviews. You came to the right spot. First lady on deck, keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. First lady point of view. First lady point of view. You tuned in. First lady point of view. First lady point of view. Culture, music, news, reviews. You tuned in. First lady point of view. You tuned in. First lady point of view. It's the first lady point of view.